Today we have on special guest Yusuf Rabia, PhD candidate studying eugenics at the University of City London. Today's topic is Does the universe allow for free will or is it already predetermined? Enjoy. What are you telling me? Free will? You feeling it? Yeah, I, in preparation of today, I actually listened to another podcast on free will. You, you listen to other podcasts? But yeah, you listen to another podcast. Don't gleam over that. Hold on a second. You listen to another podcast. How dare you? No, no, but it was just like, you know. It no, no, was no. Such, Yusuf, it was what did we talk a... about in the last episode? What did we talk about in the last episode? We talked about the last no, episode. No, not we. What did oh. we, we, me and Steve, talk about in the last episode? Deep fake, no. Oh, uh, man read the title. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm on to I'm on to I'm on to <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got away with that. <laughs> man, man's, man's listening to other podcasts. Yeah, I see how it is. I see how it is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, what, what, what podcast? So, what, what did this garbage podcast teach you? This uh, this garbage podcast had uh, three professors of philosophy uh, from uh, Cambridge, Oxford, and I think UCL. Light, light. <laughs> professors of philosophy, light. That's nothing. Yeah. That's light. That's light. That's light. Philosophy. No, no, but it's uh, no because I I've uh, I, I did a bit of philosophy when I was in A levels and um, a little bit at uni as well as like a sub module. So I was kind of trying to refresh my head on like what are the key themes, <laughs> what are the key Everything themes of free will. Sorry, I need to put this in. Aaron did philosophy and got an E. That's what I'm going to say. Continue. I didn't do philosophy. I've done religious studies and I got a U, I have, you know. Nice. They wouldn't even let me walk past the classroom in A-levels. I, I wasn't allowed anywhere near it. But yeah, carry on. Um, so, you know, free will. Uh, I think, to be honest, uh, I, uh, having examined some evidence, not all of it, but some of it, uh, I, I don't believe in free will. I don't think it exists. I think it's just something that we uh, we make up to make ourselves feel a bit better. We can go into the reasons for that, you know, as as you wish. I've got I've got some backup reasons that I've noted down here, um, okay. but I uh, I'm not a believer in free will though. All right, let's let, let's define the two terms. So the two terms we're going to be discussing is free will versus determinism. So determinism is the approach that proposes that all behavior has a cause and thus is predictable. Free will is an illusion, according to the determinists, and our behavior is governed by internal and external forces over which we have no control. So that's determinism. Free will, however, is the idea that we're able to have some choice in what we, on how we act and assume that we are free to choose our behavior. In other words, we're self-determined. Um, maybe, yeah, should yeah. I be honest with you? Can I be very oh. honest with you right now? Yeah, I've done zero fucking research for this, so I'm going to vibes my way through this podcast feeling? episode. What do you feel? What, what I feel you... is I agree with Yusuf, by the way. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't believe in free will, but mm -hmm. we can we can delve into the reasons, I guess, a bit more, uh, just building off of what you said. Um, what? So what determinism, from what I understand, says that when it says outside factors that we can't control, yeah, does so... that are they are they touching on like like do they believe in like a higher power or is it more no, like I your mean, environment? I mean, like it's it's prevalent in philosophy as well. You could say determinism could be by higher power, but the the essential idea is that you yourself, your consciousness has no say in what you can do. For example, at a given time, you are always going to do X instead of Y, even I though mean, you, you, should, you should you, I make you an perceive argument? that you have the option to do Y and. It looks like you can do Y, but actually you were always going to do X and you had no choice. Should I tell you what I'm going to build the majority of my argument off Go is going to be, um, I think I said this in the like, maybe the bonus or whatever episode. Mm. That, I, I know I said this before, but like, for example, if you were to put, I don't know, cheese and a button that makes, uh, makes the person who touches it ejaculate immediately in front of a mouse, right? You would... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Would, where, where can I find this cheese? <laughs> <laughs> you, you would, you would know that the the mouse would just ejaculate itself to death. Yeah. So the mouse in that scenario believes that it has free will to choose which one it wants. But I, I as the higher power there, know what it's going to do when I give it the two options. Okay, but I, I how about this. how about one in every thousand mouse just doesn't do it because there's always that kind of like outlier probability. Then what do you say then? Then I'll see that more of an anomalous result than a, than something that. But then that, that proved the rule. The exception even that proved even the rule. one anomalous result can discredit the fact that in this I, like example I that is believe, deterministic. I do want to premeditate this with. I do believe some people are at a higher level of thinking. Though I will say that I will say that some people might be able to look at things 
in a unbiased and unaffected way by the environment and be able to, I guess, in a mm. way, have free will. But so my you, general belief is that, you know, our environment in particular will affect our choices going forward. And you can probably map out what a person is going to do if you studied them enough. before. That's interesting because like the, the when I think about free will versus determinism, I think more in the, in the sense of like physics, in the sense of, you know, uh, like will X be in this place at this time? But the way you approached it, which is really interesting, is do we have, as in, in you believe that we're socialized? So as in like you don't have a choice because you're socialized by society and therefore you'll follow these preset uh, ideas. Or yeah, rules. I think depending on your environment, there's a set number of ways that you'll react to everything. And if you were to map a person for long enough, you could pretty much determine exactly what they were going to do before they did it in any given scenario. Okay, so in terms of thinking, I don't know, Yusuf's nodding his head a lot. I think he agrees with me. I think what do you think, Yusuf? What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I put three points down. So, um, in terms of the anomalies uh, that you spoke about, so uh, I think it's important that the way we treat anomalies. So, if we take, for example, uh, a simple y-x graph, right, and we have a straight line that goes through several different points of x, and we can say that, yeah, like more or less, we see as y increases, x increases. Yeah. But you've got a few anomalies around that trend line, right? Mm. So it's a line of best fit. Um, I think it's important to look at those anomalies not in the sense of like, oh, but this doesn't fit the bill, and therefore it is, you know, it's an element of free will. I think it's more important to look at that as like a probability distribution. So what you said, Steve, about I think about where X is in a given time and space, it's a it's a probability, right? It's not a it's not a fixed space. You're saying that there's a 30% chance that X is going to be here, there's a 50% chance it's going to be here, and there's a really small chance it can be here as well, but yeah. we definitely know that X can't be over there. So these are kind of the probabilities. This is like, yeah, yeah. You, you can exactly. exclude uh, you can exclude certain uh, uh, propositions, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and I think like I've I've always kind of thought of it a little bit as well from like the the mathematical metaphysical point of view. And yeah, yeah. If we take like artificial intelligence and machine learning and things like this. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what we've already discussed, right? It's you are building a prediction model based on all these inputs because, and the reason this computer is able to learn all these inputs is because these are not anomalies because there are very obvious probability distributions attached with the way that, you know, if it's a Twitter analytics account with the way that people tweet with who they mm. tweet, for example. So Human behavior is extremely predictive for a lot of things, and you can predict that on a probability distribution, which is kind of a big argument, I think, for why free will doesn't exist, because I think almost as humans we are, um, you can even say we're boring in that way. We're like creatures of habitude, right? Mm. We're not creatures that randomly explore around. Right. Then if you apply this to the natural world, let's say, you know, birds migrate in the same patterns every year. It's always we fly south in the winter. We do this in the summer. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So there are these really these kind of natural laws that govern um, not just humans but also the you know the wider natural world as it were. Well, what about like someone like I don't know? It sounds a bit crazy, but I'm just looking back in history. You know, there was a great Roman Empire versus the Phoenicians. They were at some point kind of losing, and then the son of the person who just got lost, Hannibal Barker, decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm getting a group of men going all the conquering the whole of Spain going through the mountains up the north, coming down to Rome and then destroy them. And it's kind of like the probability is very low, obviously, of him winning at that point. Yeah. But he managed it. And you could say that the ideal predictable choice would be subjugation because it is mm -hmm. most likely to live that way and still have power. Yet he chose the most craziest idea of I'm going to invade Rome behind their backs. <laughs> You know, here, 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 though, the the uh, the finite elements being that Hannibal actually never conquered Rome. He actually never uh, managed to get his foot. And he won a lot of battles in Italy. Yeah, did, that yeah. is true. But he actually never took Rome as, uh, as a city. It is, Rome, right? yeah. it, is, it, is, it is an interesting point, though. I think, um, uh, you know, the, the last thing I was going to mention was um, kind of sticking. Uh, we'll get away from like, the physics part in a sec, but I think we're sticking with the physics part. This goes back, you know, you, you, you're speaking about the you know pre-Islamic world, but let's yeah. let's go to Algeria and fast forward like a few hundred years to the Arab conquests and the Islamic golden science period, as it were. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of where the theorization of the atom first started taking place. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I remember we watching this video together, Stephen, yeah. and when they came up with the theory of the atom, they said, 
the first question was what not what does this mean for biology and what does this mean for physics the first question was what does this mean for free will because if we are just made up of a unique building block which at the end of the day we are um this block is subject to the exact same forces and then these blocks happen to build up molecules which then build up cells and then the cells build up tissue and then organs and eventually it builds up us but it's all subject to the exact same physical forces right was, yeah 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 what was interesting about that that exactly what you're talking about during the islamic golden age and i think it was uh, the mutazilites so that they were like different philosophy of thoughts although they all followed the same religion they were arguing whether uh, again it's whether there's free will if we have a choice and do what we do or whatever and <clears throat> i think one of the uh, interesting points was that you know it was still compatible with with uh, like the thought process back then do you know what i mean like it it wasn't necessarily something that went against religion which usually you find this this kind of dichotomy especially in in, in nowadays like uh, the, you know how people speak about philosophy is that oh you know if you if it's one way or the other it throws out the it throws out the religion entirely but at that point they were on the same side yet arguing two different things yet agreeing on the same side so that uh, just a side note i wanted to put that out there it's quite interesting but i did notice that you mentioned for example that even if someone thinks differently it's still within the realm of of what is acceptable at that time for example yeah. and if somebody does act so wildly in the extreme like for example hannibal as you just mentioned we do revere them right so he's revered he's remembered because he's not he's not somebody who acted within the norms when he you know he is that 0.1% anomaly as you said you do remember that behavior but if free will was more common more people would do these these sorts of things and maybe someone like Hannibal would just seem like anyone else who just happened to do something outlandish but because we have certain sets structural rules within society even if you do veer from them most people won't veer too much so that, that in your you've got free will but it's set within confines of what is accepted and yeah, if I, so then is it really free will i kind of look at free will differently of even if let's say you're socialized one way did you have a genuine choice or like do, could you have genuinely picked something or was there absolutely nothing like it was math- mathematically impossible for you to pick uh, uh, z instead of x i think i agree you can socialize people things can be more probable but like the question really is and i'll, I'll reveal my uh, opinion on on free will at the end so i'm going to argue both sides the question really is does it exclude your opportunity to do the other option completely that's a very specific question though you're going to have to give me like a i mean like, like that's the whole example. point of free will free will says that you had zero opportunity like like um yusuf said earlier it excludes that opportunity entirely hence you don't have free will whether there's a probability that you could do x or y and one's more likely than the other you could still pick the uh, the least likely one hypothetically but free will says that you were always going to take this route like it doesn't matter what what would have happened so you mean determinism says that you would always take that route yeah sorry determinism yeah okay so for example give me an example of something that you would consider free will that determinism says is impossible for you to have that idea but you you have it anyway Okay. Um, let I mean, it's very unlikely you're going to find something that's like even statistically is impossible okay. for you to have thought. Let's say you were going to. I mean, in terms of free will, let's say you were going to pick out your shoe, the shoe you like. Hmm. Would you say that is impossible for you to pick shoe X, the blue shoe versus the green shoe, if you like both colors? Have you ever been stuck in between? And be like, oh yeah, you know what? I like them both. Would you say if we played this game a hundred times over, that you would have picked the same shoe every time? Or would you have picked the other shoe sometimes? No, but if I was to watch a person for long enough, I could tell you that the possibility of them picking X over Y is higher, for example. And that's where I, I say, you know, free will really just comes down to X or Y, which one do you choose? And it's about knowing the probability that you'll choose X more than you'll choose. But y. yeah, that's true. But that there's still a probability that you choose the other one as well. So therefore it's still probable. It, it's still like, it still is a possibility. It might not be probable, but it's highly possible because it's on the table. Do you I'm not I, mean? really, I don't understand what you're really getting at, but you get what I mean, does because he's got that face of someone who understands. So I want him to try and like, get into what you're getting at. I, yeah, I, I think that, I think I see your point about it's like if you go to a restaurant and someone gives you the, you know, the option of like, do I order the chicken or the beef? And 
I think that, you know, you're kind of stuck in a situation of like, oh, I'm not really sure what I want. And then you end up picking something and then you forget about the decision very quickly once you start eating your dish. Yeah. I, but I think like, I think there's kind of like some elements of, if, you know, if we take like, these are all 50-50 decisions, right? And if we mm-hmm. take the example of like flipping a coin, no matter how often you flip that coin, as long as it's a fair coin, right? Yeah. Yeah. No matter how much you flip that coin, it's always going to be a 50-50 distribution of head or, heads or tails, right? Um, that's determined in it, right? And I think that I'm a really big believer in natural law, um, mm. which is why I'm not like a postmodernist or <laughs> things like that. <laughs> um, but uh, I think if you just look at natural law, there's just so many examples of you know, the way, the way animals behave when it comes to, I mean, you know, I've already said about, you know, birds migrating, but like even salmon breeding, you know, salmon yeah. go back to the the place where they were born to die and lay their eggs. And that's like a little bit poetic as well. Mm. Um, I did not I know think, that. That is so sad. You didn't it know is, that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That is so <laughs> if, sad. If wow. you were an animal, you'd be a salmon. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I would be romantic. That's nice. Yeah. I, I think it's also interesting, like the, the Hannibal discussion I really like. Um, because nowadays we would say what Hannibal did was against the odds, yeah. right? Which is against, and another definition of that is against the probability, right? Hmm. Um, and it's you're very right. Like we remember the anomalies. That's definitely true. But I still think that the anomalies just form part of a a bigger distribution. You know, you, you're always going to have yeah, a few yeah. anomalies. Um, I mean, there's a really famous quote from. I think Einstein, when they asked him about this, he said that uh, God doesn't play dice with the universe, Mm. you know, when they asked him about free will and determinism. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's kind of a theory that's really interesting. How about about mm. this? I've got got another one that I'll throw a span in the works. Mm. The atom itself, we know, obviously, it's contained of protons and uh, neutrons and electrons, right? And the electrons around are in our model so far is kind of like in levels. But like the way you should perceive it is that we never, so we never know where the exact position of an electron is. And this is how, uh, like uh, I have a friend who does, um, he's doing a PhD in, uh, uh, what's it called? Like atomic, uh, computers. What are they called again? I'm being stupid. Mind quantum, quantum, computer. quantum computing, atomic computers. Yeah. Quantum computing is explaining, <laughs> <laughs> explaining to me how you, there's a probability that the electron will appear in a certain position, but you you will never know like exactly where it is. So m- my understanding of determinism, we have to break it down in terms of atoms, right? Because this is the most basic level. Is that it's like a snooker cue, right? The you you hit the the white ball uh, at a certain angle, a certain force, and then you can calculate that that white ball will hit the blue ball, and then that, da, 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 all the way down to the point where Yusuf is uh, wiping his ass or something. <laughs> <laughs> but if if so that, that that's if there's no uh, prob- like randomness in a sense but if there's a confirmed kind of probability chance of an electron appearing at a certain place would you not say that again leads to more evidence that you can't determine exactly what someone's going to do is that they hit, actually do have some kind of free will i think although the surrounding environment maybe completely random and even the the building blocks of life itself might be random if we take that example of you, that you just gave where you don't know where it is at any given moment yeah the way the way that information passes through human beings and what we would call our consciousness would still would still bend it into some form of rule before it gets processed and we act on it but like these right? things so you, you can say that like any, in your brain and whatnot yeah you know? yeah yeah, so, of course, of course. But then and obviously this affects your hormones, etc. There is something called, you know, consciousness, which I do believe in. I do believe we have a consciousness. I just don't think that our actions and the way we behave are completely abject of the rule of our society or, you know, the, the way we have conformed as we have grown up in our environment. Mm-hmm. So, yes, although the building blocks of everything might be very random, but how we process it within our consciousness means that they're, are some predetermined rules there on how we're going to act on it. I don't know. I think a lot of people will argue with, with that point because some people, I mean, it's, it, obviously it's not a, so a say fixed some theory, people. but... Say I'm going to argue. No, 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 no. Because I haven't... No, no, no. Because no, 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 if I expose my... Some people might if, argue. If I expose what I think, then it's going to kill the game. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'll do that at the end. 
a lot of well not a lot but there's like a faction of scientists that say that your consciousness is just chemical processes and it's just contained within like your neural networks etc or whatever and if you break it down enough exactly what you're talking about is dictated by atoms which have a probability and a randomness attached to it so therefore if you scale if you add up all those atoms and that that network all together would you not say that you can't predict what that mind's going to do like you can't actually say mm. what it's going to do I mean, I mean, here's a scary thought as well. Like, I mean, speaking like the atomic level, um, yeah, how do neurons communicate with each other, right? It's just an, an import and export of calcium ions, right? <laughs> that's like quite, that's quite scary because if that, and these are quite literally atoms, not even atoms, they're, you know, minus, minus two electrons in this yeah. case. Yeah. Uh, like, that's pretty terrifying, right? That, you know, if you block that off, essentially a human can't function properly. um but uh i think um i think the i mean this was an argument i was going to maybe bring up a bit later but i think it's a good time because we kind of moved on to like the brain and i think that's like a really Mm. important part of the free will discussion there are a lot of studies recently so neuroscience is actually a great field to examine to look at how it has an impact on free will and there's a lot of studies that have already shown that often your brain already perceives an action even before you do it right so they test people's reactions to you know certain foods or certain gestures that they would pull and there's Mm. so many different studies now in neuroscience that say your brain has a response before you physically do something and i think that's huge right that's like well actually do you do you control anything is is the brain just a black box at that point right that it's Mm -hmm. it's just a switchboard as it were um and i think just that fact that you know your brain has already calculated things in advance of you doing them. Is, that's pretty strong. In it. That's it, pretty strong evidence. It's pretty shocking. Yeah, like for me, that's like a big point. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing as well is like, so there's all, we always talk about like free will versus determinism, right? Like that's the the classic discussion. Yeah. I think even if you bring in, and this is kind of you know going back to my point at the beginning as to why I don't believe in free will is because even if I open the door up to indeterminism right mm. like what is it what what even is indeterminism because it's just is it just the chastity is it just randomness right because if it is then that doesn't help free will either <laughs> you know mm. so you kind of come from the indeterministic point and the deterministic point and neither seems to like correlate with free will and then if you think of the way i always think of indeterministic indeterministic uh, processes is levels of control right so I have control over what I'm saying right now, but I don't have control over you, Steve, of, you know, you scratching your chin or scratching your cheek, for example, right? Even though I'm quite literally in front of you. So our fields of control are extremely small. And that means that when it comes to bigger processes, like, I don't know, I'm going to apply for this job, for Mm. example, in reality, it's completely out of your control. It's very indeterministic. Yeah. But But is that free will? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it is, but uh, I'm gonna put it out there, guys. I've been holding it too long. <laughs> I'm also on your side, actually. I don't believe in free will, how uh, it's defined there. However, however, I wouldn't say I'm a strict determinist. I'd say that free will can be an experience embedded within determinism, because we can't deny one thing is that. We can't deny that we experience free will, right? This is something for sure that you have that experience of free will, and I guess experience in some experience or illusion, experience for sure. I mean, I mean you, sure. can, you can frame it however you want. Yeah, it could be yeah, illusion, but, but you know, the 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 kind of equivalent in my opinion. But uh, yeah, like so, in that sense, under the umbrella of determinism, you can say that we have some form of free will. Like, the way I'd put it is: imagine there's a computer game, right? And uh, the the game engine designed by the guy has coded the physics. He knows exactly what you like, the limits of the game, what you can't do, what you can do. Have you ever f- flown a GTA plane to the sky and then you, re- you 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 reach the ceiling, right? You're not going nowhere, and there's no way you're going to reach it. I feel like that's the deterministic part, and then the free will is the inputs, if that makes sense. But everything is already mapped out. Like you actually have no choice. I, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think what you said sounds very nice and poetic, but you all came right down to, but you don't have any choice. And if you don't have any choice, then I, I don't know to what extent you can say, yeah, but that's the free will aspect of it. Because at the end of the day, you don't have a choice regardless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. So it's all driven by determinism, but I'd say we have an so experience. So you agree with determinism then, Steve? 
No, no, I'm a Jewish, Jewish. I, I don't know. Uh, you're you're no, doing no. a lot of... He does a lot of this, you know that? He does a lot of fencing on this podcast. I like I'll to be you controversial, you know? I, I don't want to be... I'm a hipster, man. Matter how you go by sitting on the fence, big one. Right, <laughs> let, let, let me give you another good thought, Yusuf. That classic, will destroy classic. Free will. Are you ready? Classic so, Tory. Sorry. I am a classic Tory, yes. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> let me give Drink you another it. one that will destroy free will. I was, I was saying this to Aaron. So, like, you like... Let's say you go to an ice cream store again and you say, okay, I picked strawberry ice cream and I could have picked mint ice cream, but I picked strawberry. But then there was an argument online that I saw that basically said, that actually, you didn't have any free will in that choice because your desires have forced you to pick that flavor. You weren't conscious, like you were not fully conscious of it. You know, some things you're not fully conscious of, but yet you act upon or it's subconscious because we, we obviously it's like we know that we have a subconscious and we don't know how that interfaces with the conscious part but we know there's active activity in that other areas of the brain which we haven't like discovered so there's that kind of argument that oh yeah no the choice was made long time ago like <laughs> your, your, your desires already decided this you just acted upon it and you only realized it in the moment yet your whole body kind of realized it ages ago no i agree with that you know i that that's exactly you know the you know what we were talking about before about your brain is uh perceiving things before you've acted them out yeah, you know exactly, yeah. like that's um yeah i i can't argue with that i i think there's a uh, I think there's a quote from uh, Algerian French um, writer actually uh, albert camus right. uh where he says that you know humans are um born into this world uh in free but in chains mm. right and i think that was kind of more a thing around you know socialism and things like that but i think it yeah. applies very nicely to free will as well does, yeah, yeah. i think don't get me wrong i don't think humans would be able to function without the illusion of free will i think that's impossible mm. yeah. imagine imagine if you i mean that that would be um you know brave new world uh imagine you were born into a society and you need to become a janitor and you need to become an engineer and you need to become a teacher and you just live that out. Right. Mm -hmm. And you think like, Oh my God, I can never do that. Like someone's going to put that on me, but then you sort of put that on yourself. Right. Because yeah. realistically, how often do people change careers? Really not that often, you know? So most people tend to stay in the same job for the rest of their life, for the rest of their lives. So is there really a difference? I don't know. Is it just an illusion? The thing um, is, you definitely need the illusion of free will, because if you knew that your actions were predetermined and that you really didn't have much control over, you'll have a panic attack every two seconds. You're just yeah. like, did I just pick this pen up because I, I wanted to pick it up? Or is it, do you know what I mean? You need the illusion of free will, which of course is you know okay. paramount to you being able to function in society but I've know, got another question. how much of it actually exists i guess is the argument here if if determinism is the obvious answer why do we not experience any form of determinism like as a child you had no idea you, you never thought about yeah everything is already set why is it not obvious but free will seems obvious so i actually think it is obvious um so i uh, i have a, one of my mates is actually a, a trainee priest Right. Uh, so he was uh, he was a teacher for quite a few years, and then he decided to want to. Then he decided that uh, he wanted to join the priesthood. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was speaking to him about it, you know how he's feeling about it, and he said to me that it's quite amazing when you block out all of the noise around you, you know, the social media, television, work everything you block out all that noise and you just focus in on yourself right mm. he said the thing he said to me was that and again this is kind of he, obviously he believes in god right but you yeah, don't necessarily yeah, yeah. have to for this but what he told me was that you can see god's fingerprints all over your day you know you can see how god helped you out here or he helped you mm. out there right mm -hmm. and another thing another explanation for god of course is a probability distribution right or determinism in yeah, that yeah. sense that determinism kind of sorted this little thing out that you didn't really pay attention to or it sorted that out and that out the thing is because our days move so quickly and we do so much in one day even though we feel that we don't yeah. we we block out all these deterministic features i feel um and i think it takes someone who's in a profession like a religious profession or philosophical profession where they have so much time to themselves that they can try and spot these things a bit more clearly but mm. yeah actually i was uh, i don't know if you've read read fermat's last theorem uh so fermat is this mathematician 
he came up with some impossible theorem. But the, the book covers a lot of maths and his thoughts. And one of the ideas was about probability. And I remember he Yo, said something. Can I just say something super yeah, quickly? This conversation that we're having right now isn't really helping our image with the, oh, you guys are a bit pretentious <laughs> thing. So, all right, let's carry on doing it. All right, <laughs> carry on. Now, you, you know I'm a tramp. It's all right. You know I'm a tramp. So, guys, don't feel too bad, but... I am more intelligent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but essentially, what he, he tackled the subject of statistics. And he was like, although the model might fit, like it obviously fits because it kind of works in a real life scenario. Um, his belief was that when it comes to randomness or whatever they, they call randomness, it's just a lack of understanding. As in, we just don't know. Uh, we, we don't know enough about how something works. So therefore, in our ignorance, we give it the word, it's random. And we might build models which work with this uh, unknown connection or unknown uh, well-defined mechanics, right? But it doesn't necessarily mean that randomness exists, if that makes sense, which is something yeah. I, I agree with. It. So it's, it's kind of like a f philosophical standpoint that mm. if randomness presents itself to you, don't be ignorant to, to name it like an actual thing. Like, oh, look, randomness, yes, it's a, it's a thing that exists in this universe, but it's something we just don't understand right now. Yeah. yeah, but it's a bit like, as I said in the beginning, if you were to watch someone for long enough and continually put different, uh, you know, paths in front of them where they can do A or B and you think, oh, well, it's random, you might initially think it's random. But when you delve into it and you watch that person long enough, you can map yeah. what the likelihood of their actions are until you get to a point where potentially you know exactly what they're going to do in any given scenario. So it's yeah. random at first. But if you delve into it for long enough and you watch someone for long enough and analyze their actions for long enough, you can actually figure out what they're going to do, potentially. Well, well let me take it into another direction, which is a bit... I think Yusuf is smiling because he knows I'm going to take it. But let's say, like, in the terms of... You bring up God, right? And the, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of atheists would propose that... I mean, one thing we definitely know from the universe is that the start or what we perceive as a start was an infinitely dense uh, matter. And before that was essentially nothing um if it was a really good book guys if you're listening a universe from nothing uh basically shortly describes uh the whole basically how the universe starts and what we know of how it's going to end it's a really good book but and the, the, so there's two camps oh, well there's a lot of camps um but one of the camps is that the universe was random right now how do you how do you um how do you ascertain that i mean how do you uh solve that solution of Oh, you know, because we don't understand it, therefore it just appeared by chance, whatever chance means in this. Uh, it goes against what Fermat said, you know what I mean? Like, and he's not the only mathematician or philosopher to say this. What do you think, Yusuf? Yeah, I, hmm. I, 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 do, I do. Yeah, no, I do. I do agree with the uh, I do agree with the randomness part for sure. I do think that randomness is just things that we don't understand. Um, yeah. I also think that um, we I mean, there's also a lot of errors in our math and physics as well, right? Sure. We haven't we haven't found uniformity in certain areas. If you look at um, quantum physics at the very atomic level, right? Yeah. The forces that we perceive are around quantum physics. We can't apply those to planetary objects, for example. So we can't apply the quantum mechanics to yeah, it's not planetary consistent. mechanics. It's not consistent. It just doesn't work, right? That is like a that's a massive flaw because we always think of science as being fact-based, right? And uniform yeah. and everything. But yet we kind of get on with our lives with two different sets of rules, um, which means that we probably either a uniformity doesn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. um, or that we've completely missed something out and we still have to figure out what the hell we've done wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I concur with that. I mean, I think we're I think we're really on the same page. <laughs> Sorry, it's gonna, uh, I, I it makes so. it a bit it makes it a bit boring because it's a bit. <laughs> Eric, it's a bit back and forth. I disagree yeah. with you both about everything. <laughs> <Yeah. at all. laughs> I tell you, I tell you what though, I tell, one thing that I think is interesting to explore around the idea of free yeah. will. Um, I think here we will have some differing opinions. Is what do we think about moral responsibility and free will, right? Because. If we say that, so me and Steve are saying, you know, everything is deterministic, right? So you have no control over this and no control over that. And you are just a sum of totals. That's it. So when you do a, an action which is perceived wrong by society, like you punch your brother or yeah. whatever, um, does moral responsibility matter? Why does moral responsibility matter if it's all deterministic? And why do well, people care so much about it? I mean, this is like, it still fits within my... <laughs> idea of that 
we experience free will. And so for our human psyche, it's very important to... Now, again, I'd say societal. Side. I'd say it's just a societal... Are you telling me it's societal that we don't rape kids? Is this what you're telling me? Steve, well, actually, you know, I can make an argument here that if you go back far enough into ancient Greece, then that wasn't a problem back then. So really, no, 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 that's unfair. I think that's unfair. That was like okay, you that can was say it's unfair, but societies of Greek you know, that they regardless, re- regardless, though, like the point I'm trying to make is like, for example, when Yusuf says, "Oh, you'll punch your brother," you can go into one culture, for example, where they go, "Hey, I don't give a shit if you punch his brother." You, well, you can't say that without There's any no, evidence. No, I, yeah, but I'm just, I'm, I'm not giving you a specific example and saying this specific culture says that. I'm saying that regardless of what the action is, depending on where you are, the moral stance on it will change because of the society that you're in. And those are the rules from which you can behave within, within those parameters. You can behave within the parameters of whatever society or culture you're in. And that's what changes your moral obligations going forward. And how uh, you are raised in there changes as well. If you were raised in one way by one parent in one society, the parameters of what you can and can't do and what your moral obligations are changes completely when you're raised by another family in another culture, in another country. But let's take like a moral responsibility that is universe. So murder, right? It doesn't matter what country you're in in the world. Murder is a bad thing, right? So how and some will come out and say that, you know, in our culture, for example, if no, but again, I don't agree with no, but the, the argument I'm making is from a cultural perspective. But like which so you culture? I mean, I mean you, you can make it up. Should I give you a specific not, example? Should I give yeah, you a I want an example. example. Yes. I hate this. I hate that this is the case, but this is the case. So if a girl was to have premarital sex, you know, whatever in in cultures, including in Turkey, they would then turn around and kill that girl. I, I don't agree with it. I think it's disgusting, but this is something that has happened, right? So if you say into in that country, murder is wrong under any, you know, it's universal. Murder is wrong. Or they will turn around and say, well, in this circumstance, I'll kill this person. So they're, they're, the parameters under which they can make that decision shifts depending on the culture. But it's, there's still a set rule and there's a still a set number of ways they can behave which we can look at and say, okay, you'll behave in a X, Y, Z way. But it's, it's just depends on where you are, how your moral obligation will shift. I think that's unfair. I, I, I think you're, spe- you're like picking specific examples that uh, agree. No, he, gave me a, he gave me a specific no, 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 but, example but, but of like, murder. So but, but, I said, but, but you're saying that this culture- the culture but, that you're in. Yeah, but or you're the saying, environment or society But you're saying that, that the in. culture allows it completely, which I don't think is, is true. It, no, again, it, that's why I said you've got X, Y, Z to act within the, those parameters, but, but do, 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 it, it shifts depending on where you are. So you, you could th- still turn like, around and say, I agree, yeah. I think it's wrong. But whether you think it's right or wrong will shift depending on where you are on earth. But there is still a set parameter there depending on where you are, which is why I've been saying from the beginning, for me, it's an environment thing. It's not really about the molecules or the atoms. I'm just looking at it from an environmental perspective. I don't think, I think free will or what we see as free will is just defined by your surroundings, really. I, I get the cultural point, for sure. But I still think, like, at the end of the day, um, moral responsibility still exists, right, in every single culture. So, you know, just because the situations don't align themselves. So, you know, you mentioned the, the situation in Turkey. If you brought that situation in the UK, it probably wouldn't be the case. Um, however, in the UK, you would have other moral resp- moral responsibilities and in turkey you would have others and in iceland you would have others etc so i still think the fact that moral responsibility exists as a concept universally i find that a bit strange given that we've agreed that free will that free will, everything is deterministic so why do we why do we like care so much if things go wrong right because if things go wrong then it means we have free will because they should have gone right but that's where the um, illusion of uh, so comes that, into play. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? So like, if you were to say everything is deterministic and everyone agreed that that was the case, then you wouldn't have a moral responsibility. But if you tell people, oh, you've got personal responsibility for your actions because you have free will, and therefore, if you choose to do this thing, then I have to punish you in X, Y, Z ways, then obviously it changes the whole thing. If everybody think, agrees that it's all deterministic, I think if, punishment if you think you've got like free will, then moral, that's different. I think you need to separate punishment from what's moral or not. For example, like murder... In some countries, like over here, if you murder someone, you'll get 23 years and then you can be let out, potentially. But in some areas of the world, and like United States and certain states, you, you'll get the death penalty. Now, what, what does that mean? That doesn't mean one is more moral than the other. They both deem the act immoral. 
yet the, it's just the punishment has differed. So I, I, I feel you, like you've the, come onto this podcast before and said that if we didn't have rules and laws, then everyone would just descend into anarchy and they, they would go around killing one another and all of this. Yeah, well, These that's, institutions, well, that's what I'm the punishment is yeah. what puts moral responsibility on people is what is the point i'm trying to make like yeah, but they, they both deem it immoral have that. but they, they both deem it immoral i'm like i understand like the the approach is different but they both deem it immoral they they, they decide on their own own self how far they want to take the punishment but the immorality immorality is not argued Does well, that, my point? That, but then we delve more into like religion then isn't it because that that's where the, you know the first murder cain and abel and all of this you know you're told that the murder is wrong from millennia ago and we have as humans decided that that is punishable by law but if you go into like animals for example they're not gonna they're not gonna be like oh this gorilla is gonna be put to death because he killed this gorilla do you see what i'm saying so it's like that, that, that well, delves into a different aspect of things well i don't know but i was watching a documentary on chimp society which sounds crazy <laughs> but uh something nah, along those shout. lines that's happened. a bit that's a, is a big shout and they're very interesting actually so basically a feud like that happened and basically one guy Attempted a killing of of this older person in the in the tribe. You can say I watched this, by the way. It was a sick documentary. It was a sick documentary, and basically they all got together in the end to enact basically punishment, and they beat the shit out. Of him. <laughs> they destroyed the guy. So in some sense, they they do have a moral responsibility. It's like a have you ever seen a dog, um, you know, on YouTube or whatever, rescuing a duck that's dying or some shit? Like, yeah. what does that what does that show? Hmm? Huh? These are deep the, arguments. What about the dog that the, saved the duck? If you go back to the anomalous stuff, though, like yes, okay, <laughs> there, there is instances like that, but then there's instances of where like chimps will turn around and eat a baby chimp for no reason because they were other than they were hungry. Like you, you know, you can't delve too deep into these things. It's like I don't you know watch about a video that. Sounds of, a bit like, bad. Uh, no, <laughs> but, it happens. It happens. But, yeah. These are things that a actually happen. There's cannibalism and stuff within apes as well. Like it's not it's not something that doesn't happen. So I mean, to delve really deep into the actions of you know, apes and stuff. Again, uh, that's a different argument. Like, do animals have free will or do we have more perceived free will than animals do? That's a different mm. argument within itself. But like, I wouldn't read too much into that if I'm being honest with you. I don't know. You, you know Hunter, like your, your dog, when he misbehaves. Yeah, I, 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 you see him, how, from, he, how he looks. Like, he knows he's misbehaving. Yeah, of course. But that's because there's a repercussion to his misbehaving, right? Like, so I, I say to him, if you misbehave, then I'm going to be mad at you. And then he knows that if, he, if I'm mad at him, that's not a good thing, blah, blah. That's Again, that's a societal thing. If I let my dog out into the wild, never had any human interaction, a human came up to me and said, bad boy, you'll be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? You know what I mean? You wouldn't feel a response to that or an emotion to that. Again, it's like a societal thing. He's been taught. He can't, he has to feel bad if he does X, Y, Z. Sorry, just to just to come in with like a, an animal example. Um, nice, <laughs> nice. I like how yeah, this yeah. evolved into animal <laughs> No, just I mean one thing with moral responsibility that I always found really funny was with sloths. So with sloths, if they need to take a poo, right, uh, they obviously are are in the treetops, yeah. and if they have a child with them, uh, I don't know if you call it a cub or whatever, um, they basically take the child down with them to the uh, the trunk of the tree, and then they poo on the ground, and then they climb the, back up the tree. However, if they forget to take the child back with them up the tree, they will just leave the child on the ground, and the child will get eaten by, <laughs> by a predator. So sorry, I just wanted to be part of that That's part. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, By the way, it is a cub. I just googled it. Yeah, is it a cub? <laughs> is that a cub? A sloth yeah. cub? Yeah. Yeah. But do you not think they're just stupid? <laughs> I think yeah. like you know, there's like a, a point where it's like, all right, this animal just doesn't have the cognitive ability to remember that this is his child. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if you were to say, I don't know, like, like in that scenario, let's say we argued that the sloth was just a very dumb animal. We didn't have like the level of thinking process to be considered to have free will is the difference between us and the sloth really that we're just a bit more intelligent so the uh, the unknown of everything we, we just know it a bit better you sir might be a bit mm. more but i am a lot more <laughs> steve. Uh, steve i don't know i can bring up a lot of instances where i really doubted that man i mean i'm gonna be so honest steve, it's all right i think i think all, all three of us are like borderline neanderthal yeah <laughs> <laughs> The, last, the, last, the, br the bridge of my eyebrow is looking a bit crazy. Yeah. Still. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh shit! Oh. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know. I, and and the thing is, like, what we're talking about in moral the morality sense, and it's difficult because nothing is determined. Like, we we obviously don't know. This is our own opinions, and I guess you can conclude whatever from from this. But can um, I propose an experiment? 
<laughs> we we just get a bunch of bunch of I don't know embryos or whatever. We leave oh, them yeah. on like a leave them on an island that has no other interaction with any other human beings. No no religions, no nothing. We just let them do their thing. And we just see what that society comes to the conclusion of. Do they believe they have free will? Is it all deterministic or whatever? We'll, we'll see. We'll watch them. I mean, I mean you know isn't I mean? that just a like Australia? Or oh, like it, yeah, you mean like one of them like... Uh, Aboriginal tri- Tribes. Not Aboriginal. Uh, Steve, I'm pretty sure Aboriginals have seen people before. but I, I No, know, no, yeah. no. I mean like prior. I mean, when we discovered yeah, Australia, there's the that was the test case, right? Yeah, yeah, we sure. Put, I, we put humans there. They No one interacted with them. They did their own thing. Actually, you know, that's a good point. Why is it that regardless of where humans are, anywhere on the planet, we always end up thinking about a higher power? Why is that the conclusion that we always arrive to? That there is a higher power that we need to, you know, be, be well behaved for mm. so that we can get into some oh, sort of haven. It's how we explain randomness, no? Mm. I think. Interesting. Because, I mean, okay. if even the, if we go to, like, Native Americans and when they needed it to rain, they would perform a rain dance, for example. It was just because, you know, they couldn't predict the rain, right? And so they would have to dance in order to try and get some. Uh, but then as science progressed, we started doing meteorology, and now we can predict the rain whenever, really, to, like, quite a good level of accuracy. Um, so... But like I'd say, like these yeah. are practices. But I'd say like the core of it, I think mean, the core of like uh, theology is that the initial cause, most theology is that the initial cause was something that was infinitely infinite. <laughs> if that makes sense, and uh, it's kind of like a logical deduction, which is not that flawed in my opinion. Now, there's probably an episode for another episode or whatever the fuck you want to say, but I think it is. It's kind of like a, a philosoph- philosophical standpoint that. You know, it's intuitively obvious. If if everything depends on something else, what is the first dep- like independent thing? And so this independent thing they call whatever they want to call it, uh, God or whatever. You know, all around the world they have their own names. So I think this is where it comes from, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, even even uh, Aristotle came up to the same uh, uh, same uh, conclusion as well, and he was you know a like a logician, and I think he called it. Um, what did he call it? He didn't call. It, uh, I, for, I forgot what the word was. Um, but essentially, it was the the independent thing at the very start that was infinitely infinite. That yeah. that depends on nothing else. Otherwise, you fall into the fallacy of uh, what's it called? Like uh, you're losing us, Steve. You're losing. Oh, <laughs> wrap it up. All right, it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> No, no, I think basically this conversation has just shown that I did not research this whatsoever. And you guys, uh, you, Steve, you, you caught me lacking. I can't lie to you. you, you no, I, read, I, read I didn't realize you had stuff. I didn't realize you were reading up about it day and night. I just turned up. Like, <laughs> oh, I was interested. Do you not question it? Like, No, I don't. Because then I end up like not being able to sleep because I'm up at night going, am I even real? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, what is this? Am I a sloth? Yeah, yeah. am I just a sloth? Am I just an intelligent ape that took mushrooms? Like, what am I? You are, I mean, we all are just primates with uh, a cerebellum at the end of it. <laughs> so, or a cerebrum, rather, not a cerebellum. Um, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't know anything. But, um, I mean, maybe that's why animals are so happy just living out their lives, eating poop and shitting, because, there's, I mean, they don't have, fr- I mean, they don't have to make any d- difficult choices, right? Um, also, I ultimately just think that humans are too irresponsible to be given free will. Yeah. Like, imagine if we had all the choice in the world. And like, you know, when people are like, oh, I, I don't know if to do this or that. And oh, I'm so, you know, people are indecisive who. Oh, like a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I don't know what restaurant to go to, what movie shall we see, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's just like a micro situation. Bring that out to the macro world, man. Imagine what would imagine. <laughs> imagine the chaos. Yeah. You just had indecisive people. Like nothing would get done if you yeah, just yeah. had indecisiveness, right? Um, so I don't know. I, I just don't think we're responsible enough um, mm-hmm. for it. Ultimately, you know, this is this is going to be so random, but I don't know why I just thought about like you know, for example, those people who you say, hey man, like you want to watch I don't know like a sci-fi movie or something and they'll be like oh no like all these other planets and these like it's weird i don't want so then you go okay what do you want to watch and they'll be like oh there's this love story about this man and woman who are going through a rocky relationship and you're thinking 
the world is at your fingertips. You can imagine anything you want, but what you want to imagine is that these two attractive people are in a relationship and they're having relationship troubles. Like the scope of your imagination is so limited. And this is why I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) No, do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, as you said, like with humans, maybe we're not responsible enough for all of that anyway. But then you think think about some people and you're like, wow, they're they're not just that bright, are they? (laughs) But everyone's motivation is different. Like, I mean, okay, we we can think in these kind of logical terms and, you know, we enjoy it. But some people enjoy like art and they're really good at art. For example, Erin is an idiot, but he really enjoys art. And Yeah, I'm an idiot savant when it comes to art, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I I think everyone has their own strengths that, you know, people like to point fingers at. But you, you you won't understand their side of what they're strong at. That's what I believe. Steve, did you basically just go, go for a long walk to just tell me, yeah, like, you know, romantic rom-coms are, are good. Like, I don't know. Bro, I love about. rom-coms. Like, Listen, as, an, as a Middle Eastern person, rom-coms are the shit. <laughs> Yo, I really want better for us as a, as a, as a people, man. <laughs> These rom-coms, I really do. Uh, I guess... Uh, is the okay, the now, that, now that we've devolved into rom-coms from Free Will, I think yeah. it's about time that we start to wrap it up. That was an interesting convo. I didn't understand half of it because I kept zoning out, but you know, you guys sounded very intelligent and I'm sure our listeners won't think we're being pretentious with this episode. So I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they won't. Yusuf, do you have anything to shout out? Uh, no, honestly, just, just, oh, you know, always happy to be here. Uh, it's, uh, I think, uh, so, I mean, are we all in agreement that we don't believe in free will? Is that our, you know, yeah, I think that's the final vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what a nice life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice way what to a, end it. What a nice way. Yeah. <laughs> None of Guys, you have control over your lives. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? That was bloody brilliant.